the 2023 draft class are officially rookies in the NFL. OTAs are going on, and it's here for the Rookie Report. Who's performing well? Who should we keep an eye on? Young QB shining. We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. My national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, the champ is here with me, my man, uh, Keith Sanchez, Mr. LSU himself. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. You're on mute. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, and 2019 national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. And you know why we're here, though? The dynamic duo, myself, DP, man, is to bring you championship-level content surrounded the NFL draft. And like we say, the draft don't stop, man. These rookies were just drafted to the NFL, DP, and now we're getting OTA reviews, right? So we're coming at y'all. We're going to talk about some rookie reports, right? We're going through some of the high-flying names, right, like your Bryce Youngs, your Anthony Richardson. But we're also going to talk about some of the, the maybe be a couple outside linebackers like Drew Sanders with the Denver Broncos and talk about some of the reports, the reviews, and guys that you can expect to make impacts, right? And maybe this can help in sports betting. Maybe this can help in fantasy football, right? But we're about to kick this thing off, DP. Rookie report, who is the rookie that you want to start with? You got growing reviews, whether that was, you know, reading reports, whether that was seeing videos on Twitter, whether that was you tapping into those connects, that black book that Damian Parson have, those in-depth NFL connects, DP. Who do you want to start off with? Oh, Anthony Richardson, man. Right now, you know, the, the what was he, the third? Four, was he yeah fourth overall pick in the, in the draft uh you know a month ago guys and uh right now he's 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 battling for the QB one spot for Gardner Minshew a lot of people when he came into this situation Keith the narrative was you know he got to sit he has to sit for eight to ten games some people said three years there's a lot of wild stuff being thrown out there regarding Anthony Richardson but he's already splitting first team reps with the veteran Gardner Minshew uh you know Coach Shane Stein confirmed that on. on you know, last Thursday, he's already, you know, splitting those first team reps with, with Gardner. And that, that to me is a good sign. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, could you say there was some, so what do you want? Do you, do you want Anthony Richardson out there week one or do you want him to sit? Is this a process you want to continue to play out? Where, where are you? Because I know you just, you just mentioned the reports, right? And you called them wild. So I'm assuming that you're on the other side of that where you want him to play week one, but what do you want? What, what do you want with a Um, I, I would I would love for him to start week one. And, and the reason why is just for the simple fact of the matter, he needs to get his reps, right? And and you have a team around him where he doesn't have to be Superman. Where you know, when we looked at what we what he had around him in Florida, the only chance Florida had of winning games, Keith, was if Anthony Richardson became, well, probably not even Superman, Black Panther. You know what I mean? He had, to, he had to become T'Challa out there and put throw the suit on and get the herb and everything for Florida to have any chance of winning games 
you know, against good opponents, right? You know, the Tennessee game. If it wasn't for his what 500 total yards and four touchdowns, they get blown out of the water, you know, with Hinton Hooker and, and that offense humming. So, like in this situation, I don't mind him starting week one. I think the main thing for him to to if he's going to start, it's just making sure that he's ready. You know, make sure that you have a plan devised for him, you know, the run game. And there was a quote from a star running back, John Taylor, is going to get real scary. He, he did an interview with uh, our guy, Justin Mello, uh, over with the Draft Network. And, and, and his quote was, I'm very excited. Uh, I was very excited. If you look at his, at his skill set, the sky's the limit for him, him talking about Anthony Richardson. Now it's all about coming in and absorbing the, the coaching aspect of it. He has to absorb the little nuggets of knowledge that our veterans are going to offer him. I know that's what helped me when I was a rookie in this league, and that's how I came into my own. If he does that, the sky is the limit for Anthony Richardson. And he said as long as he's willing to come and absorb the information, it's going to get real scary out there on the field for opposing defenses. And he's talking about that backfield of him and A-Rich. When you think about the, the run game of seeing zone read and QB keepers and QB power, the RPO, all the different things, the things that we saw Shane Steichen do with Jalen Hurts, because th- that offense didn't take the Eagles' offense didn't take like that didn't come to form, I believe until re- I remember listening to them talk about it until uh, Shane Steichen took over as a play caller and designer. So it, look at what Philly did. You do the same thing in in in, in uh, Indianapolis. I'm perfectly fine with him starting week one, but if you want to go out there and throw forty times a game and put him in situations that can affect his confidence, then absolutely not. Don't do that to the kid. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, I just want to see, right, because we know that there's different, um, I guess you would say, ways to go about ingratiating rookie and, you know, first, second-year quarterbacks into the NFL, right? And I always talk about learning the game the wrong way. But it is yep. interesting because in, in I had Anthony Richardson in my region, and, you know, part of my report was, you know, the inexperience, right? And, and it's just weird because it's, it's twofold. Like, part of me – Wants him to sit to continue to learn, learn the game, the, the speed of the game, things like that at practice, make sure you can get coverages, you know, learn that part. But then the other part is the only way you get experience is by experiencing things, right? So he like it, it's it's twofold with Anthony Richardson, but DP, quick, I want to go through my guy. We talk about the quarterbacks, right? And I'm not gonna go Bryce Young, I'm actually go CJ Straw. And there was something that was actually a glowing review, man. And we're you know, you say cite your sources, cite your sources. Let me get that part right. And this is from uh, Jordan Dejani over there at CBS Sports, man. He had an article, and it was a couple pieces, right, where D'Amico Ryans, he talked about C.J. Stroud and said he's done an excellent job. Jalen Petrie um, said that he's come in and he's been a real professional, right, and they say he's, every day he's looking at something to get better at. And then it was like, hey, after uh, practice, too, um, you know, he came up to asking defensive backs different things where, you know, seeing what, well, hey, what do you guys see? Um, you know, so he can kind of know what defenses are looking at or like what could he possibly be tipping as a quarterback, right? And I thought that that was very important just because it's the conversation around CJ Straw varied a lot, right? In regards to, I don't want to say his character, right? But his focus. Um, and being focused on the right things, right? I think that that was more. So it wasn't a character like, oh, this is a bad guy. Just people were like, okay, is he going to stay focused and keep his priorities in order as a franchise quarterback once you hand him a bunch of money? And all signs are showing, right? And this is very early, right? But this is the rookie report, right? We're talking about what we've seen for OTAs, and that shows sign of, of, of positivity because we know that the guy is talented, right? We 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 all agree some variance he was 
first, second, third quarterback, right? Probably to the second slot for most people, whether you had Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson at QB1. So the guy is extremely talented. Now it's just a matter of if you want to stay locked in, stay focused. And when I seen those reviews, DP, I was like, that, that that's pretty good right there. That's what you want to see from your franchise quarterback. If if you're the Houston Texans and you're the GM, you're the Miko Ryans, and I think their GM is Nick Casario, I think, over yeah, there in Houston. Yep. Um, those are glowing reviews because you, you feel good about Will Anderson. Now it's like, okay, cool. We got CJ Stroud in there. We got a franchise quarterback. We can really, we feel good about moving on from Deshaun Watson. And over the past two years, the Houston Texans, let's be honest, right? Like they haven't been trying to field teams to get better. They've just been going out there to play football and, you know, just go through the motions. I would it appear to uh, to me and I had to study those guys. So I was really excited to see that DP. Uh, but look, I want to continue to go right because we we have that was two guys, but we have so many rookies that's making impacts, that's being impressive, that's impressing coaching staff, that's impressing uh, general managers, right? That's impressing their teammates, which is, which is I guess you would say probably the most important thing, right? Because like they say, man, game recognized game. So DP coming up, man, I want to continue to talk about some of these guys. Like I said, man, we have some outside linebackers. We have running backs that are making early impacts that are, you know, that are catching people's eyes. So coming up next, we're going to continue to flow through this rookie report, talk about some of the best um, rookies that's out there that's making an impact in OTAs. The NBA Finals is here, guys, and you want to make a fast break to FanDuel during the playoffs and in the Finals. Because right now, customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. You heard me correctly. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What do I love about FanDuel and betting with FanDuel? You have great promotions every single day if you go there. If something that's going to tickle your fancy, something that you want to bet on that you can uh, really tap into yourself. Uh, the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And it's not good enough to just win money and a lot of money, hopefully, but you get paid instantly. There's no two, three weeks waiting time. They pay you immediately and instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the NBA playoff action than a America's number one sports book, which is FanDuel. So all you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 as uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk about some explosive running backs, Keith. Uh, you know, when, when you know me, those those are my guys. I got to show them some love, man. I got to show them some love. And I wouldn't be me if I didn't, right? So you, you, you got you you to you you rebound, man, because you you know you weren't trying to draft <laughs> these running backs, man. They heard, they heard, man. They, they the, the people are talking, man. The streets are talking. So <laughs> go ahead and show your guys some love, man. We, they need some love. The running backs need some love. Listen, man, I, I got to show my guys some love. I was looking out for them, too. I didn't want to go into bad, bad draft spots. <laughs> but I mean, you look at two of the most explosive backs that came into the class, Devin A-Chain out of Texas yep. A&M and Tajay Spears out of, out of Tulane. A-Chain landed in a very, very advantageous situation down in Miami and that track team that they have formed out there. And and, and shout out to my guy, Travis Wing, Wingfield of uh, the Dolphins official website. Been on this on his podcast a few times over the last year or two, man. Love that guy. He said, you know, he, he, he talked about the fact that A-Chain has made an impact at OTAs. He's chewed up yardage on both explosive run plays, but also tracking the ball and catching the ball deep down the field that's been thrown by starting quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. So when you look at the burner uh, that is A-Chain and how he fits this scheme, 
I absolutely love it. Mike McDaniels, one thing that we know about Mike McDaniels, head coach for the Dolphins, Keith, he knows how to scheme up the run game. He does an outstanding job getting the run game schemed up. Now, the complaints last year were, well, you know what? I don't think we're running the football enough. So now he's going to not just scheme it right, you know, all through the week, but just actually implement it. Call it, baby. You got it. And then he got he got three burning burners at, at, at running back with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and now A Chain. And I think A Chain. The, the, why this is why this is so important to me, Keith, is this young man is hitting the ground running right now, starting out starting out his rookie year. Right there, these these guys aren't they're not draft prospects nowhere. They're rookies, and hitting the ground running is so important. And he's and literally you no know, no pun intended, but he's hitting the ground running with that four three two speed. That we saw at the combine, I think what what this tells me is because a lot of people were a little turned off by the landing spot. It was like, well, they got Raheem Mostert. I think they paid both Mostert and Jeff Wilson. So everybody's like, well, what are they going to do with A Chain? And I'm thinking to myself, listen, A Chain's going to get some run in this offense. I don't think for first of all, I, I really like Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Neither are the poster child of uh, health in terms of staying healthy in the NFL. They no, I was going to say, I was going to say, and, and on top of it, DP, we're not talking about guys that are franchise running backs that keep you mm-hmm. from drafting another good football player who has a redeeming quality, a trait, you know what I'm saying, that the other ones yep. could potentially not offer. Like, we're, they're, they're solid backs, right? And they pay them, yeah. you know, decent to average running back money, but those aren't guys that's like, nah, man, I, it makes no sense to draft, you know, a, a running back with a high level trait. So I agree with you hundred percent on that thought. And I just, you know, when we look at the reports and everything and talking about him making plays in a passing game, I wonder how much he's going to be using a passing game. Is like, is he going to yep. be lined up in a slot? Is this going to be a jet motion? Are we going to get some pistol sets right out of the Miami Dolphins? I just wonder what type of, you know, trick situations. I don't even call them trick, right. But just, um, I guess the not typical is, is the best word I can come up right with at the moment. Um, creative. You know, creative. Yeah, creative. There we go. Creative, creative. Um, situations for Divine HN in this, um, you know, in this offense, because he talked about Tua throwing in the football, then they talked about just explosive plays. I trust Mike McDaniel to put him in positions for explosive plays, right? Coming from San Francisco, we've seen with um, – Kyle Shanahan did with Christian McCaffrey in the back end of the year and just putting him in advantageous situations. And I and not calling Chris McCaffrey Divine HN or Divine HN Christian McCaffrey. Um, but just saying that they they have that ability to be able to put players in the best situation. And I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Keith. And I think I would also add, in my personal opinion, now I I never comped into this player, but I heard this comp a lot of times up leading up to the draft. People will compare A Chain to Jamal Charles, man. And I'm like, guys, that's that's a that's yeah. a high bar. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna do that. I don't but know. If you, <laughs> if you if you view him so highly, don't be turned off by the fact that he's a rookie behind two veteran running backs. I truly believe that he could be kind of the game changer. For the for this offense, you know what I mean? Because with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, what's he gonna see when he is back there? Two high safety looks. You can't run cover one with those two dudes on the field. So when you you know those two wide receivers out there, so when you have those advantages or lighter boxes and lighter defensive fronts with his speed, and he and I, I remember tweeting this out. He's not a running back, uh, he's not a tra- he's not a track star that's playing, you know, playing football. He's a football player that runs track as well. 
he right. he has good good vision, good patience, and good footwork. He knows how to run the football. He has enough nuance as a running back to get the job done. But on top of that, he runs four three two. So it's like you know what I mean. So it, it, it's just like the ice on top of the cake. But I want to you know shout out to to another guy, a guy that I absolutely. I didn't, you know, he wasn't in my region, you know, leading up to the senior bowl, but seeing him in, um, up in person, uh, Tajay Spears, you know, he, him landing yeah. with the Tennessee Titans, um, you know, that, that to me, that was a really good situation. Derrick Henry still there. You know, he's going to get the bell cow touching. We talk about key. We talk about a thunderstorm. You, you talk about thunder. That's Derrick Henry all the way thunder. But Tajay Spears, as we saw down in Mobile, brings that absolute lightning shock to an offensive run game. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think what's going to be fun is, is seeing how they're utilized in, in the sense of the fact of how they're going to split carries, right? Because sometimes when – because we like Tajay Spears as a running back, right? But is his, is his utilization going to be so specific? And I go back to um, – and I'm not saying this solely, but kind of just follow me through this process, right? When Reggie Bush was with the Saints, right, and then they had Deuce McAllister, anytime that Reggie Bush was in the game – you knew that it was some trickeration surrounding it, right? Like, and, and it kind of tipped the hand too much. So my point is, is that when Tajay Spears is in the game, I'm not saying that he's going to be utilized just like Reggie Bush, but are we going to be expecting only outside zone plays, only, you know, toss plays, only sweet plays, right? And then when Derrick Henry's in the game, we're going to be expecting more inside zone gap power type situations because I think sometimes – that could play as a disadvantage for the running back, right? When you're talking about Tajay Spears, nah, put him in there. Let him run some gap. Let him run some power. Don't let him have any tendencies pregame, right, to where defenses can start to key on certain things and the defensive end knows, hey, okay, cool, this guy's most likely going to be coming outside or the linebackers, the safeties, they're already flowing and triggering, you know what I'm saying, targeting outside of the tackle box instead of worrying about those interior uh, gap positions. So that's the only thing that I'm – interested to see what Tajay Spears because I, I do think it's a really complimentary piece I just make I just want to make sure that they don't make them so specific in usage that if they become tendency uh players no 100 and just kind of you know reading some of the, the tea leaves of what was reported uh Jim White from the Titans official website said that in OTAs uh Tajay Spears has been very active especially in the passing game uh, you know, our, our boy, you know, from ESPN, Teron uh, Davenport says, easy to see how Spears can be a weapon in the passing game and that his quote, he accelerates like a Tesla, which we saw in person and in Mobile. He just moved at a different speed. But I think the biggest thing, Keith, is, is I think he's going to – this is a kid that what he's doing is, is phenomenal because the, the test at the NFL Combine – revealed that Spears had had a full thickness cartilage lost and no ACL in his knee. And he has arthritis. So for him to to have all those different things wrong with his leg, his legs, and to still move and cut and plant, it's it's otherworldly. So I think he's always gonna be kind of a committee guy. But I to your which as you just say, that's why I wanted to bring up to Ron Devonport's uh quote, I think he is going to be used as a passing option out of the backfield. In that offense, uh, yeah, DP. If I'm lost for words right now, man, I'm still trying to. Uh, <laughs> I'm 
I'm still trying to interpret no ACL, a lot of cartilage gone. Like that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Arthritis. Yeah, arthritis. Like, that's a lot for a running back, man. That's not just that's not uh injuries that you just gloss over. So if it's taking me a second to kind of get back, that's because I, I was can I can see the wheels spinning. Yeah, I was like, my boy is puking everything like, right now. ACL, you know, no knee cartilage. Like that was a lot going on right there, right? But we hope the very best for Tajay. Um, it didn't stop him from making plays that Tulane capped his career off with beating USC uh, in the Cotton Bowl. With DP, man, we talked about those explosive running backs, man. Now, I may want to go on a defensive side of the football. Matter of fact, not even I may. I'm telling you I am. I'm talking about someone on a defensive side of the football uh, that's a very underrated draft pick, right, that's showing positive in OTAs, which I think is could be very exciting for him as a football player. So coming up next, man, I'm getting to a defensive prospect after this defensive guys, Keith, and who, who's who's shined to you that's caught your eye? So the people looking at YouTube, right? I know they're looking at the bottom of the screen. They see Will Anderson and Drew Sanders, and they're like, "Oh, we know keep going with Will Anderson." <laughs> no curveball, baby curveball. I am going with Drew Sanders, man. And looking at the reports, um, just talking about his maturity as a football player, and I think this was just a great situation for him, uh, because the. Who was it? The, the Broncos, it was last year, they traded Bradley Chubb, right? So now yep. it's Baron Browning, and then it's, okay, who is going to be the opposite side of him uh, in this defense? And then you get Drew Sanders, a guy that can play stack backer, but also, also walk down the line of scrimmage. And, DP, I know you've talked because you were deep into the NFL draft scouting at that period of time. It kind of sounds like Baron Browning, right? Like a guy that plays stack backer, walk him down. But I think what we've seen was Baron Browning continue to develop at the you know with the Denver Broncos and his organization, so that's why I'm excited for Drew Sanders. And we're talking about um, the AFC West, right? They're going to pass the football a lot. The AFC period uh, is going to throw the football a lot. Um, you know, we're, we're hoping that the Broncos team is, is revitalized, but that's offensively. Defensively, they they still really good, right? And I'm expecting Drew Sanders to come in there, handle it like a pro, and make an impact. So that was one guy that I was like, okay, this is an off-the-radar type situation. But when you talk about a guy with potential, and I think the think Denver Broncos see exactly what he is, we consistently talked about that this is a guy that needs to walk down on the line of scrimmage and rush the quarterback 30 to 40% of the time because that's where his, his A trait is. I think the Denver Broncos will see this. I'm expecting to make an impact. Yeah, no, they say ever since rookie minicamp, they say he picked off uh, Ben DiNucci and returned it for, for a pick six. They say he was already kind of making uh, making plays. Fellow rookie Marvin Mims Jr., wide receiver out of Oklahoma, said Drew is an unreal athlete. You know, he said he's looked like a, he, he's looked like that since he was a senior in high school. He said, guys, unbelievable. And we all know what Drew was able to do last year for, for, for Arkansas, right? You know, playing both stack backer and edge rusher, career high nine and a half sacks, which was second in the SEC. He's fast, he's athletic, he's physical. And I think the main thing for me, Keith, like you talked about, 30 to 40 percent of the snaps. You know, you want to get him going down, you know, get him going downhill to attack the quarterback. But I am, and you remember from where I, we would talk about, you know, when we do NFL scouting for TDN last season, I wasn't really impressed with the inside linebackers for the Denver Broncos. And I felt like they could upgrade. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm 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 really in, in interested and intrigued to see how much Drew Sanders actually plays stack backer. I could I can envision a path where he plays a lot of stack backer or plays more stack backer. So that he can get the just get the nuance of that position down. So because you know he already knows how they rush the passer. He's already good at that, right? Just like like Michael Parsons and Bear Browning, he's a natural edge rusher. But if they could get him 
similar to Michael Parsons, where he can play kind of that 50-50 role. They also they do have Randy Gregory uh, as the opposite edge, but you just give yourself so much more flexibility and fluidity. And again, getting that big athletic playmaker in uh, Drew Sanders, if he can develop as a stackbacker and give you that pass rush, I think that that bodes so well for him and his defense because this, this is a really good young defense. Because, you know, you went with, with Drew Sanders. I'm going to go with Anderson Jr., man. And, and, of course, what do you expect from the Terminator? You know, fellow rookie – or not rookie, but second-year defender Jalen Petrie said, um, you know, this week that Anderson clearly is comfortable as a big play artist, knowing that the rookie <laughs> whipped out, you know, celebration after being disruptive, uh, you know, after disruptive snapping OTAs. And right, right now he and, – and, and I love what D'Amico Ryans is doing. He hasn't working with the second team, Keith. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We traded up for you. We keep, we move all the way back up to to the third pick. You gotta earn every bit of it. But you know Will Anderson personally. Like, I, 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 I agree. Like, what we doing, right? Like, that's your number two pick. If I'm Will, you know, if I'm Will, I'm sitting there like, yeah, coach, I got you. I'm gonna work hard. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, come on, man. We know I'm the starter. We know I'm the starter. But I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna be. But you know, Will Will is the type of person, man. I told you, I've yep. been through my time in recruiting. He's going to go there humble, you know what I'm saying, hungry. Number two, you know what, I'm thankful and blessed to even, you know, have the opportunity to be drafted. Now I'm going to go outwork everybody. That's just my – that was just my – No, 100%. That was the way that's I was. That... like, come on, Coach, what we doing? But I know Will has the best mentality and the best approach to it overall, you know, and, and I agree with you, DP, that uh, he's going to come in there, step in, work hard, do his thing, everything else. I was I was just nah, – yeah. I know. I, but that's why, that's why I, I like it because – we know Will is not, you know, like Will's not that type of guy that's going to be bullheaded and cocky and arrogant. But it's like, if he needs any other reason to have a chip on his shoulder, like tell him, yeah, we're going to start you on the second team, things like that. We're going to let you work your way up, number third pick in the, in the draft. We we traded up for you, but we're still going to make you work your way up. And I think that Will is going to absolutely handle that like perfectly. And I, and I'm excited to see what what how this how this uh how this turns out because I can't wait till they get the pads on for training camp, man. So when, when when Will's everybody's full padded up and you get those those matchups for Will versus a Laramie Tunsil, right? Starting left tackle, you know, and different things like that. I think uh, Titus Howard is either was he the right tackle or right guard, one or two. But either way, like getting him against these kind of veteran offensive linemen and really watch his progression and development as a rookie. But man, listen, that's just that's our rookie report, guys. We're going to be tapping back in with y'all for the OTA, OTAs and some other guys who were shining that we didn't get a chance to get to. We've got mini camps in a couple weeks, so we're going to have more rookie reports. And then we get to training camp. We have more. So I'm just letting y'all know, rookie reports ain't going nowhere, baby. Stay tuned and stay tapped in with us, man. But as always, guys, we, we appreciate y'all so much. We, As I always tell you, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank y'all so much for being our everydayers and making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, you know, in terms of Twitter, you can find Keith Sanchez at The Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.